Amen. And so today, uh, I'm going to continue our series. But let's pray as we begin, because I'm excited. We're going to be talking about greater rewards this morning. And um, I think you're going to be very excited about what God is saying in this house. Amen. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. God, we give you thanks. We honor you. We bless you. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a rewarder. That, Lord, you are looking for ways to bless us, to give to us, Lord God. Your heart is giving. And so today, Lord, as we share this word, we ask you to open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts. Let us hear you, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you would wear me like a glove. That, Father, the, the substance that is said is all from you. That people would hear your voice beyond my own. And that, Lord, as we leave and end this time, Lord God, we would give you the glory. That we would give you the honor. Because you have spoken to us. We give you thanks for it now in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. amen. Come on, shout amen. 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 Grab your seats. Grab your seats this morning. I have an 11-year-old daughter. Her name is Cyan. Yes, thank you so much for the Cyan fans out there. And she's always wanted a dog. She's always wanted a dog. She asked us uh, for a dog. She prayed for a dog. She harassed us for a dog. She continuously put it on her Christmas wish list, her birthday list. I mean, every year. You know what, Dad? You know what would be good? A dog. Every year. Uh, she, we, we, we got to the place where she fostered a dog. Um, she volunteers at a animal shelter so she can take care of dogs. When she goes to other people's house, she looks after their dogs. That is the kind of obsession she has with a dog. But we weren't budging when it comes to dogs because we didn't have the budget. Hello, somebody. And not only that, my wife and I had a list of criteria for the, a dog. No barking, no shedding. No, I mean, our, our list was so long that people said, what you want is a stuffed toy. I know somebody knows exactly what I'm talking about right there. I hear, in one time I said, hey, I put some Facebook one time, I'm looking for a dog. I had so many people say, are you sure? You know what you want. Eventually she stopped asking. She stopped praying. And we were like, phew, thank God. Because we weren't going nowhere. Then last year, we saw how much this whole pandemic and the isolation and everything started to impact her. You know, she was doing school from home and all this kind of stuff. And the Lord laid it on our hearts to get a dog. Oh my gosh, we were not happy. But the thing is that we didn't want to tell her. And so we didn't tell her, but we researched. Because you know, you don't want to get her hopes up and then things don't work or that. So we researched and we researched and we did all this kind of stuff. And, and we went into, so I started to make plans. Start, and then I, I was searching and I found this dog shelter and I called them. And I just said, hey, listen, uh, you don't have it on your website, but do you happen to have any Yorkies? Because that was the only dog I really, really wanted, you know. So I said, like, do you have any Yorkies? And the guy, no, we don't have any, but we're getting one in about three days. What? So I said, don't advertise the dog, just sell me the dog, right? Here's the thing. While I was doing that, Cyan spoke to her small group leader in True Kids and asked her 
to pray for a dog. While she was praying for the dog, we were working in the background to give her the very thing she was praying for. Come on, somebody. We were busy working and putting things together for something she didn't even know we were doing while she was praying for it. It was in my heart to reward her and she didn't know I was working on the reward. And then God gave us the perfect, the, the stuffed toy. God gave us the perfect dog for our family. Look at this dog. Look at this dog. This is crazy. Look at this. Man, she's even playing cards with the dog. That's crazy. Right? Like the dog right there playing cards with her. I'm telling you, it's crazy. This is how good a dog we had. But you know what? Here's what it brought to mind. That this is how God works. I'm sure there are testimonies that you have right now in your heart where God showed up at a time that you least expected Him. That God gave you something that you needed rather than something you wanted. That somehow God took something that was going wrong and turned it around for good in your life. That when we're up here talking, you know, Pastor Paulo said, listen, in the worst times, God is still able to turn it around for your good. And that we can look back in our lives and say, God, you came through when I didn't expect you to come through. But look what the Lord has done. (laughs) The song says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're work. You never stop. Come on, somebody say never stop. Never stop working. And when we look back, when we see how God showed up in our valleys, He was there. Before our giants, He was there. In front of our Red Sea, He was there. In front of that wall, He's the one that pulled it down. There are things that God has done in our lives, and oftentimes we forget that the same God who did it in the past can do it again. God made it right. And why did God turn it around? Because God is a rewarder. And sometimes we forget that God's heart is a heart to give. He's working in the background to reward you in the limelight. I'm going to say that again. He's working in the background to reward you in the limelight. There are things God is doing right now that won't show up until the time is right. And then everybody's going to see it. Hallelujah. I'm excited. I'm excited. So as we continue this series called Greater... Our focus today will be on four kinds of rewards and three truths about God's rewards. And so we're going to go back to the foundational text we use so that we can set our faith for God to reward us. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder. Someone shout rewarder. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Now, now here's the thing. Pastor Chad already messed me up this morning. Hallelujah. Because he said, one week from now, you will not remember but 10% of what I said today. And that's messed me up. Because now I have to figure out what 10% I want you to remember because you ain't going to remember the rest of it. Hey, 
It makes my job feel like it doesn't even, like, why am I working if you're only going to remember 10%? That ever makes sense. So here's what I want you to remember if you don't remember anything else. God is my rewarder. Say it with me. God is my rewarder. Say it with me again. God is my reward. One more time. God is my rewarder. Hallelujah. Alright, there are four types of rewards I want to talk about today. Four types of rewards. Number one is rewards for kingdom works. Rewards for kingdom works. The word rewarder means one who pays wages. In other words, God says, I am the one who will pay your wages. But he's not paying your wages just like for what you did on your job. He's not paying your wages because of of the work that you did for for Pepsi or for Uber. No, Uber is paying you what you earned from Uber. Are you with me? God pays for a different kind of work. God says, I will pay you. I will reward you. I will pay your wages for kingdom works. The word word reward there is the word misthos, which simply means dues paid for work. And I'll show you where it um, shows up in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 12 says, Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one, say it again, work. Of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a what? Reward. God says, if you are building on the foundation of Christ. What's the foundation of Christ? The fact that you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. When you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, whatever work you do on that foundation, He says, I will reward you. I will repay you. I will work out your salary when it comes to your kingdom work. This is good. This is good. Because God rewards you for the work you have done to build His kingdom. Every time, listen, every time you have served, every time you have witnessed, every time you have encouraged someone in the Lord, every time you have loved the lost or helped the helpless or comforted the broken or fed the hungry or visited those who are sick, God says, listen, I have a reward for you. And this is really critical. Because we sometimes spend so much of our time building other people's kingdom and not the kingdom of God. And people's kingdom, they can only pay you so much. The amount that's due to you at the end of the day is your salary can only go so far. But when you build God's kingdom, He says His reward is beyond what man could ever give you. He said, that's why we, at the church, that's why we have this um, feed tarrant coming up on Wednesday. I'm going to plug something here right now. Because we want to give you opportunities to build His kingdom so you can be in position to receive His rewards. Come on. You see, you, you, you have to understand, feeding Terrence, feeding people who are hungry, feeding people who don't have jobs, isn't about them. 
It's about God wanting to work through you for them so that He can bless you as a result of you representing Him. Because He says this, what you've done for the least of these, you've done, come on now somebody, help me. You've done unto me. And so this is an opportunity. We have more volunteers than we can do. But guess what? We, we want as many people to come in because the more you serve Christ is the more He's able to bless you and give you the wages due for building His kingdom. Somebody say kingdom works. Kingdom works. Hebrews 6 verse 10 says this, For God is not unjust, I love this, to forget your work. And labor of love which you have shown toward his name. In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. God has not forgotten what you've done for him. I'm going to let that sit for a second. Because you see, man may have forgotten. Your pastor may have forgotten. Your ministry leader may have forgotten. The person you prayed for and they got out of that situation and they didn't call you back to give you the testimony, they forgot. Hello? The person you visited who was so sick and so ill and they didn't tell you thanks, they may have forgotten. But God said, I didn't forget. I did not... I have seen everything that you've done. And I am your rewarder. You see, if you're looking for the reward of thanks, then you'll get your reward and I can't reward you. If you're looking for the reward of a pat on the back, then you've gotten your reward and I can't reward you. But if you recognize that, look, man may forget, but God never forgets and He is my rewarder, then I don't need you to acknowledge what I've done. God sees what I've done. Hallelujah. Listen, don't think that kingdom work is done because COVID is here and people can't come to church. God is turning us from Sunday volunteers into everyday ministers. Everyday missionaries. We're moving from being Sunday only volunteers into everyday missionaries. Come on. God is putting pressure on the church so that we can leave the building and start to serve in our world. God is saying, hey, volunteers. He said, what's the difference? A volunteer serves in your church. But a missionary serves in their mission field, in their workplace, in their community, in their home, in their supermarket, in their gym, in their school. Wherever they go, they are serving there. They're not looking for a time to show up. They are 24-7. I am here to represent the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to build His kingdom. Wherever I go, I walk in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody has to say Do this and do that. I am here to serve the king. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together and bless him. This is a good thing that the Lord is doing in our midst. (laughs) We're too confined in our thinking. That kingdom work means church work. The kingdom existed before the church did. Oh my God. He was king before there was a church. He was Lord before there was a church. 
He established his throne before there was a church. Church didn't come before the king. The king showed up. Wherever you go, he's, ex he's expecting the kingdom to go with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God put Adam and Eve in a garden called Eden. And he said to them, look, you are my representatives here on earth. So God needs something physical in order to rule in the physical. Oh, this is going to get deep and I didn't mean to even go here. What is wrong with me? Lord, help me. Watch me. That's why God put together the earth for man. And then he breathed life into man. What did he breathe? He breathed his spirit into man. But he made man of the earth. Because man housed the kingdom of God within him. Spirit can't rule on earth without a body. Listen to me. If there's a spirit on earth without a body, that spirit is here illegally. Because the earth God has given to man. That man would walk on the earth housing the spirit of God. So when you and I walk on earth, we are walking, watch this, with the rulership of God within us. Wherever we go, we are to bring Eden. Ooh. I wonder if you just heard what I said. Wherever we go, we are to bring Eden with us. Because we are body and spirit. So when we walk into a place, the kingdom of God walks with us. We are ambassadors of Christ. Who's going to change the earth? You and I. Because we are the only ones who carry the rulership and the kingdom of God with us. I can't talk about this much more. We've got to move on. Because you're only going to remember 10%. <laughs> number two. Number two. First, rewards. Rewards for kingdom. For kingdom work. Number two. Rewards for righteous living. Rewards for righteous living. You know, I have a, a son named Josh and uh, Josh goes to a gym that is very interesting because Josh's gym, here's how it works. You pay $5 a month to go to this gym unless you work out less than 12 times for the month, then you have to pay $20. What a weird business model, right? They are paying you to stay healthy. They are rewarding you for you taking care of yourself. That's so strange. If you go 12 times and take care of yourself, they give you a discount for showing up so often and taking care of you. Isn't that weird? But that's what the kingdom of God is like. Here's what God does. It's so interesting. God says... Romans 4, 4 says, Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. In other words, God says, look, when you work, there's an obligation to pay you for what you did. But what's interesting is this. If you are working to be more righteous as a person, there is a natural benefit you get simply by following God's laws. In other words, if you do what God says, save Give, invest, spend wisely. Your money's going to be better. 
But God says, on top of that, I'm going to bless it. What? Don't make any sense. He says, yeah, if you steward right, I will add more on top of what you already have. So he will reward you for living right. Okay, let me get another one. Let's say you decide, hey, you know what? I'm not going to have sex before I get married. I'm not going to have sex before I get married. And so, you know, you're following God's law. Not going to have sex before I get married. And you get married, and then all of a sudden you find, hold on, I can be totally open with my spouse. I can be totally intimate. She can know everything about me. I know everything. We feel so connected. There's nobody in the background. There's no, Sally is not here. I'm not thinking about Sally. She's not thinking about Joe. But we're together. Guess what? There is a benefit to doing that. And on top of that, God blesses the marriage. So he says this one. Watch it. Watch it. You already benefit just by doing it my way. But then I am going to reward you. Come on now, somebody. I'm going to reward you on top of the benefit. <laughs> wow. So the reward principle is this. Whenever we take the time to live according to God's standards, God obligates himself to start paying wages and bring increase to us. <laughs> we get rewarded on top of the natural benefits for living righteously. Now we have, we have a conference called EXO coming up next week. And the EXO conference is to help you live your marriage right. And here's the thing. This year, we are so convinced that this thing is going to help you. That we've covered the entire cost for the conference. Just so that we can get as many people getting this information as possible so that you can benefit from living right and watch God bless you on top of it. David, David said this, watch this. David said, The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the clean, cleanness of my hands, He has recompensed me for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not acted wickedly departing from the Lord. Listen, and not, have not wickedly departed from the Lord. Here's what he's saying. I kept myself right and God rewarded me. I did what was right and then God showed up. You see, when you resisted temptation, God said, hey, I got a blessing for you. When you trusted God in spite of your circumstances, God said, guess what? I have a blessing for you. He said, when you had a tough conversation you didn't want to have, God said, I've got a blessing for you. Listen, when you chose to do the right thing, when everyone else was telling you not to, God says, on top of the natural benefit, I've got a reward for you. Because God is your rewarder. Come on, somebody said, God is my rewarder. I want you to remember this. But you say, well, I'm living righteously right now and I'm having a whole lot of trouble. I hear you. And Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But, <laughs> be of good cheer. For I, your rewarder, have overcome the world. Hold on a little longer. Listen, man. keep fighting a little further. Keep believing a little longer. God is your rewarder. Hmm. Number three. Number three. Rewards for being wronged. 
Whoa. So we talk about reward for kingdom works, rewards for righteous living, rewards for being wronged. This word in the Old Testament is shalam. S-H-A-L-A-M, not to be confused with shalom, but shalam, which means to make amends, to give again, to make good, to repay, to restore. Sometimes God allows some difficult people in our lives. And it ain't fair. It don't feel right. He allows some difficult people in our lives. And sometimes we call them enemies. Sometimes we call them frenemies. Sometimes we just say, boy, them just hard to get along with. Right? Hard to get along with. And because of these difficult people, because of these difficult circumstances in our lives, sometimes we end up, at, we end up being wronged by them. The people have hurt us and disappointed us. The people who have done things that should never have been done. Proverbs 25, 21. You see, God sees. I want to tell you something. God sees. God knows. And He says, I will reward you in your being wronged. It's a crazy thing. But there's a way we need to respond. Look at this. It says, Proverbs 25, 21, 22 says, If your enemy is hungry, Give him bread to eat. Mm, 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 mm. Jesus. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. And don't put anything in it. That's going to harm him. Praise God. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head. Watch this, watch this, watch this. And the Lord will, what? Come on now. The Lord will do what? The Lord will reward you. We are looking for the reward from the enemy. If they did it to you, they're not going to reward. Trust me on this. If they are against you, they're not going to be rewarding you. Sometimes we're looking for an apology to repay us for the hurt they made. Sometimes we're looking for an explanation to make up for the hurt they made. You you following what I'm saying? Sometimes we're looking for some kind of repayment from them. But I want to let you know that God says, I will take care of the reward. Don't look at them. Look at me. Put your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Look to me to be your rewarder. Your enemy is not your... Come on now, somebody. Your enemy is not your rewarder. The Lord is your rewarder. First Samuel 24, 19. This is, the situation is that Saul was chasing David and Saul wanted to use the bathroom. So the whole army had to stop because the king wanted to use the bathroom. And so Saul went up into a cave to relieve himself. And you can make whatever you want of that. I'm just telling you what it says. So while he's up there, right? He's doing his stuff takes off his long, you know, robe as a king. Because I guess whatever he's doing, you can't use, you keep the robe on. And so he takes off the robe, puts it aside. And David is in the very cave that Saul comes in, but he's in the back and he's hiding in the shadows. And so David has an opportunity to kill Saul. But David comes out and cuts off a piece of his robe instead. And when Saul goes down, all dressed, David comes out of the cave and said, Hey Saul, look, I could have killed you. And Saul responds, here's what Saul says. Saul says, who else? would let his enemy get away when he had him in his power. May the Lord... Come on now. Come on now. 
Come on now. <laughs> May the Lord reward. May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. Even your enemies can see what God is ready to bless you because you didn't take vengeance. Listen, we've got to stop looking at what's happening to our enemies and keep our eyes focused on Him. Don't manufacture your own reward. Don't, but come on, don't manifest. Hey, you know, that's not what really happened. You know, let me tell you what really happened. Oh, don't, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want you to believe that about me. You know, let me, don't manufacture your own reward. Let God be your rewarder. Romans 12, 18 says this. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will do what? Repay, that's reward, someone say reward. I will reward, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, and he goes on to quote that scripture. A lot of times, when we look at that scripture, we're just thinking about the repayment that our enemy is going to get. We're not seeing the repayment that God is giving us, because we were wronged by our enemy. And so we are so focused on the enemy. We look like, how come they look like they're still blessed? How come they look like they're getting more? How come they look like they're getting increase? How come they look like this is happening, such good things is happening? And we are so focused on them and what's happening in their lives that we don't see that the rewarder is busy trying to reward us. Don't focus on them. Focus on the rewarder. Hallelujah. Number four, number four, rewards for sacrifice. Rewards for sacrifice. Uh, this reward is in the Old Testament and it's the word maskoreth. I don't know, it just means reward, okay? That's it, <laughs> maskoreth. But here's, it shows up this in, Boa, um, in Ruth chapter 2. It's about Boaz and Ruth and Boaz is talking to Ruth and he says to her, it has been fully reported to me all that you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you've left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work. Now that word repay is the word we used earlier, which when someone has wronged you or if you have shortchanged, the Lord repay your work. And watch this now. And a full word. Reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Two different words. One is to make up for what you've lost. So when your enemy wrongs you, God says, I'll make up for what you've lost. But the other word is reward you above what you've lost. Are you getting what I'm saying? In other words, a repayment simply is an exacting of what you've lost. If I lend you some money and you give it back, you have not rewarded me. You've just repaid me for what I gave you. But Boaz says, listen, I want God to repay you for the time you spent taking care of your, your mother-in-law. But not only that, I want Him to reward you above and beyond what you have sacrificed for this woman. 
when we sacrifice, God says, what you've given up, me just giving it back to you, is not a reward. A sacrifice is worth more than that. A sacrifice means I've got to reward you on top of what you lost. Are you following? And so it is, when, 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 uh, when we repaying someone for their sacrifice, uh, repayment is not an increase. But God says... I am giving you a reward, an increase above it. The reward is what you get in addition to the repayment. Look what Mark chapter 10, Jesus is speaking to Peter. Peter says, hey, we've given up everything for you. We've given a house, land, all this. Here's what Jesus says. Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive what? A hundredfold. Here's what Jesus is saying. Me giving you back what you've given up for me isn't enough. I've got to give you more than you gave up because I have to reward you, not repay you. You see, here's the thing with God. God owes no man nothing. He is not a debtor to us. So when we give up what is precious to Him, He says, I'm going to give back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men put into your bosoms amen sometimes you can't quantify the reward sometimes you're looking for well where's my hundred pieces of land sometimes you can't even the reward might be setting you free from an addiction hello somebody the reward might be the reconciliation of a relationship you thought would never come back the reward might be a peace of mind how many of you could use some peace of mind right now hallelujah sometimes the check is not enough to give you a peace of mind sometimes the problem with the check is that it is done you know what i'm saying right overcoming depression sometimes it is just those things which you cannot quantify that god says i am able to do for you what no man can do for you if you would sacrifice for me and you know, you hear a message like this, you're saying, okay, you're talking about tithe, you're talking, no, 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 hear, hear, hear me, hear me. I'm talking about total surrender to Jesus Christ. It's not about my money, it's about my money, my marriage, my ministry. It's about my time, my talent, my treasure. It's about every era of my life, I'm submitting to Him and I'm saying, God, I'm having faith in you that even if I'm going through a rough time right now, you are my rewarder. That's it. So three, three truths about rewards and we're done. Number one, God's reward is not like man's reward. You can't quantify God's reward. Here's what Proverbs 10 says. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Hallelujah. Listen, when God blesses you, he says, you won't even have sorrow with the blessing. I will make you rich without sorrow to it. Your boss can't promise you that. Your company can't promise you that. Your business can't promise you that. God can reward you with finances. He can reward you with favor. He can reward you with freedom. He can reward you with peace. He can reward you with longevity. He can reward you with protection. He can reward you with provision. He can reward you with purpose. He can reward you with wisdom. He can reward you with gifts. He can reward you with talent. He can reward you with connections. He can reward you beyond anything your money can buy. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. When God is your rewarder, He determines your rate of pay. Not man. 
<laughs> We're like, hey, you know, minimum wage was fifteen dollars an hour. Man, when God blesses something, the stuff that you get, you can't even you can't even buy. You hit your pillow at night and you sleep and you rest well because the Lord is taking care of the people in your house. You can't even buy that. Colossians 3 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward. God is my rewarder. Alright, number two. God's reward is not like man's. Number two, God won't reward us if we reward ourselves. Listen, you've got to resist rewarding yourself. Here's what Matthew 6 says. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who go, who love to pray publicly on the street corners in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. If we're doing things so people can give us praise, then that's all the reward we'll get. You can't reward yourself and expect God to reward you. You can't take vengeance on yourself and expect God to defend you. You can't decide to cheat and do it your way and expect God to bless you. Don't ask God to bless your mess. If you're wrong, own up to it and say, God, I can't do this no more. You take care of it. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. God won't reward us if we reward ourselves. Number three. Number three. God rewards those who seek Him. God rewards those who seek Him. Look, if God's reward is not like man's, then you can't look to man and try and please them in order to be rewarded. You can't be pleasing man. If you can't reward God um, yourself and God rewards you, then you shouldn't be trying to please you. If God is your rewarder, then the only person you should be trying to please is Him. No matter how much it hurts, no matter how difficult it is, no matter what the strain and the struggle and the price, listen, no matter what it is, God says, please me and watch me reward you. I don't know which reward connects with you this morning. Maybe it's the kingdom works. Maybe that's the the reward that you feel forgotten after all you've done for God. All you've done for His people. After all you've done for His church. Maybe you feel like you've given and served and ministered and now you feel ignored and neglected and overlooked. But I'm here to tell you that God has not forgotten you. Amen. You're sitting at home, you're thinking, man, I can't even go back to church. I used to be in children's ministry. I used to be in parking lot ministry. Now they don't need me. So now I feel as if I don't have any value. And I'm here to tell you, God has not forgotten you. Don't worry about if man has forgotten you. God hasn't forgotten you. And He's your rewarder. Maybe you're in category number two where you you feel like you've lived righteously. You didn't go with the crowd. You resisted temptation. You've done your best. And you feel like things are rough right now and you're going through a hard time and it's just difficult. And I'm here to tell you, listen, God is your rewarder. Don't give up. 
Don't give in. Have faith in God. He is your rewarder. It's not man. It's not people. Don't reward yourself. Let God deliver you. Let God justify you. Let God support you and surround you. Let God turn it around on your behalf. Hmm. Or maybe you feel like you've been wronged. Like life is unfair and you can't understand why those who have made things difficult for you seem to be doing well and you're the one struggling. They seem to be getting off scot-free. Listen, keep your eyes on Jesus. He is your rewarder. Don't watch your enemies. Don't watch the people who have hurt you. Don't focus on them. Focus on the only one who can reward you with what you are worth being rewarded with. Amen? And here's the last one. Maybe you feel like you've sacrificed and sacrificed and given of your time and energy and heart and right now you just feel weary and tired and like you've given all and no one appreciates as much as you've you've given. You feel depleted. And I want to tell you, it is not theirs to give. The reward you're seeking can only come from your rewarder. God is your rewarder and he's no man no man's debtor he sees what you're going through and he says have faith in me seek me pursue me come after me worship me spend time with me because i am your redeemer i am your shepherd i am your deliverer i am your shield and your great reward i am the one who can stand between you and pharaoh's army i am the one who can split the red sea i am the one who will come over mountains and cross rivers just for you i I am your rewarder. Don't give up on me because I haven't given up on you. I haven't given up. I know you're going to make it. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. I'm your rewarder. I am your rewarder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. If you got something out of the message this morning, put your hands together and bless Him. I want you to bow your heads right where you're at. For those of you online, I want you to hear me clearly. There's only one way that God can truly declare that He is your rewarder. And it says this, without faith, It is impossible to please God. For those that come to Him must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He can't reward you if you're not seeking Him. He can't reward you if you don't believe that He is and that He rewards. He can't reward you unless you trust and believe on Him to be your rewarder. So if you're here this morning or if you're watching, I want to pray with you. I want to pray especially for those who say, you know what, I want to...